the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. Show dedicated to getting you to retirement. Show dedicated to talk about the markets and to kind of treat you with as much respect as possible with your knowledge base and your time. Um, not a lot of fluff here, not a lot of marketing per se, uh, but a lot to talk about for sure. The stories keep rolling in on a daily basis, a weekly basis, a yearly basis for the 20 last plus years. It's good to be in front of the changes of technology. It's good to be in front of the changes of biotechnology, of, of cars that, you know, literally run on, on sunshine. It's like, woo. The stories are certainly there. Now, let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. He and I will be doing an event June 28th in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge. It's a 10 Pillars of Income Planning Retirement Issues that you got to know before you hit retirement. Mr. Burton, how are you? Doing well, thanks. How are you? Doing well. People can go to newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com to sign up for that seminar. Use code radio25. Let's talk a little bit about saving beyond the 401k. 10 to 15% of the 401k is the golden rule. You hear it again and again and again. But how much should we be saving outside of the 401k? Well, now with tax cuts, and, and I will say that you know there is a certain part of, especially in the Bay Area, that this wasn't a tax cut for, but for the majority of people out there, this this truly was a tax cut. Um, the federal rates have come down a lot, and so you have to look at things outside of the 401k. Um, if we're talking kind of younger people range, let's say right out of college up until, say, 40, um, it's hard to know what taxes are going to do in the future, but you can only guess. And with budget issues that I see out there and, and knowing how we need to grow an economy at 4% plus to keep these current tax cuts. I say that more than likely these tax cuts will expire in 2026. So really take advantage of that Roth option, whether it's inside your 401k or outside. So let's say you're trying to figure out how much to save. You can run some scenarios with your tax advisor, but you're still dealing with the future. So you might put 10% or so. If you can afford to save 15%, you might put 10% into the pre-tax side of your 401k, and then at least another 5% into just a Roth IRA where you're putting in after-tax dollars and it grows tax-free for the rest of your life. That kind of complicates things a little bit more because it used to be the golden rule just max out your 401k, and that should be a, that should about do it. But now you're saying do a little bit here and then a little bit in the Roth and you'd be on top of it. Do people have time for that, Chad? Um, well, not always. I guess that's why I have a job, but... <laughs> But you have, you really have to do it because the 401k is great, but it also, if you want to know what complicated is, get to retirement and the only asset that you have is your home and a 401k, 
And that 401k comes with a pretty large liability. It's called taxes. Every dollar that you draw out, you have to pay taxes on it. Right. Um, so you go through periods in life when you need lump sums for, say, a car, helping a family member, doing a remodel on your home, uh, medical expenses and things like that. And when you have to pull large dollar amounts out, it comes with an even larger tax bill that year. So you have three different tax buckets that you can look at now, which is really great, and that's the, the pre-tax 401k, the tax-free Roth IRA, Roth 401k, health savings account. Those are all tax-free if they're used properly. And then you just have after-tax dollars, and that's where you go open a, a mutual fund account like at Vanguard or T. Rowe Price, or a brokerage account at Fidelity, TD Ameritrade, Schwab, something like that, and you invest just after-tax dollars in outside of a retirement account. And you also want to do that because that's how you build up liquidity to be able to eventually buy things like real estate, right? Where you need a nice down payment to get into that real estate that you're going to run out to somebody else who's going to pay that loan off for you. And it's really part of that basic foundation of, of financial planning where you have money in these different types of accounts and that the more accounts that you have in terms of types, if you get up to those three, that allows you to get into other assets like real estate. I'm picking up what you're putting down. So we're on the same page here. Um, a lot of what you just talked about have having different pools of money, uh, whether it's a big chunk or whether it's day to by day, uh, cost of living in retirement is kind of what we're talking about at the seminar coming up on the 28th. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. And then that's, it's calculating the cost of retirement. Um, the toughest things are to to go out and project things like when you're going to need a new car, or a lot of times we'll do a perpetual lease payment for people that switch cars often, medical expenses, um, which are still deductible for some people. Um, and then things like remodels and vacations and how long you're going to do three or four vacations a year in retirement versus no vacations a year in retirement. Can you afford it? Um, what are the, I mean, we really have to go backwards and say, okay, here's how much you need to live off of. Calculate which accounts are best to draw from first to create a long-term good tax scenario. And okay. then that, after that's all done, that's when we do asset allocation to figure out which types of assets go in which accounts. Simple enough. <laughs> You can find out yeah, more really, by going to do. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, like REITs, for example, Rob. If we got a second yeah. real estate sure. investment trusts, where we always tell you know tell people buy it in your retirement accounts. Um, well, if you want to buy REITs and you're in retirement and you want the income, they're actually pretty tax efficient now because of the way that this new tax cut package gives REITs that extra deduction at the business level for people. So not all of the income is now taxable. So it changes in retirement. I'm with you. It is kind of interesting, like you said, there's some people who do head towards retirement with the whole concept of uh, 401k and house. And uh, it's a little bit more complicated than that. We have a couple more minutes, Chad. Uh, anything else that you want to talk about as far as content? Yeah, um, there's a I was talking about the mega backdoor Roth IRA, and this sounds kind of funny, but it actually has to do with your 401k. So if you get later in life and you've maxed out your 401k, your Roth IRA, a lot of plans now are back to offering after-tax contributions to the 401k. So, for example, Microsoft makes this really easy for employees where let's you can put in you know 18.5, and then you can get a match, but the total amount that can go into a 401k plan is near 50 grand. So you can actually put in after-tax dollars 
and then convert that inside the 401k each quarter to the Roth side of the 401k tax-free. Sounds a little bit complicated as I you know, just throw it out there in a short period of time, but it is a way that people can get ten, fifteen thousand, even more into a tax-free account that's going to grow tax-free forever for the rest of their lives if they're really trying to aggressively save in retirement. See, so like uh, Microsoft, Cisco, Apple has the ability to do it. Um, so that option is out there. So email me if you want more info on that strategy. And good opportunity to talk with Chad directly or find him, newfocusfinancial.com. There's newfocusfinancial.com. You can submit a lot of paperwork and uh, get reviews and get the financial plan started. But come meet him might be an easier way of doing it. Ten Pillars of Retirement Income Planning. Thanks very much for joining me, Chad. Uh, You can come meet Chad at the Ten Pillars of Retirement Income Planning Seminar, June 28th, Palo Alto Elks Lodge. It's $25. Retirement planning is a little more precarious than ever and a little more complicated. And probably you have a little more anxiety, but let's secure your future. I'm going to go over the markets and some stock ideas and some investment uh, angles. CFP Chad Burton will talk about reducing risk with diversification, good retirement products, bad retirement products. This is all coming up June 28, 630 to 830, Palo Alto Elks Lodge. You could use the code RADIO25. In for free, it's Radio 25 at newfocusfinancial.com. Rob Black has a financial interest in the success of New Focus Financial. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. We're making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Stock Talk with Rob Black. Black. Investing in more. Talking a little Stock Talk action with you. I'll get personal with you. Um, Sometimes in life you get lucky. Sometimes you're at the right place at the right time. And sometimes uh, people look at that luck and say, you created it. Some people will say, you're just freaking lucky. I would have done that if I could have done that. I was just looking at Zillow has a silly feature where you can punch your house into it, and uh, it'll update you on how many homes have been sold in your neighborhood or in your zip code, what the median house is going for compared to one year ago. It'll show you where it projects home values to be, and it'll show you some ideas of... uh, how much you could get for rent for the same square footage. So it's pulling in some, you know, um, some data, right? And this report I, I take with a grain of salt. A lot of what it's doing is looking at past performance. And past performance is not indicative of future results. It's sold a broker advisor before taking action on any stocks ever mentioned on the show. Why? Because I could look at something like a Disney and tell you, yes, Disney was around with Snow White when even before I was born. That boxcar Willie, that first Mickey Mouse, who was kind of an evil-looking steamboat rat on a boat who had this crazy whistle. It's been around long before me. Theme parks were open long before me, built around the world uh, all through my life. The movies have gotten better, although I did love Escape from Witch Mountain as a kid. I did love it. I must confess... The Shaggy Detective. Um, there was there were some good ones, right? Right, and they I think they've gotten better though, uh, especially since acquiring Pixar. 
they seem to get the storytelling aspects of everything they touch a little bit better. But I'm looking at my the home values, and when I see the numbers and how they increased, it's I take it as a grain of salt, and well, you should um, be kind of cautious um, because things can and will change. You know, like I was saying with a company like a Disney that's done no wrong for so long. You get one CEO, and I shouldn't even say Disney. I'm just saying a company that's got a great image. You make one, not one mistake, but you get out there and you, you put yourself in, in, the, in front of the wrong issue. Whether it's a good opinion, bad opinion, who cares? It can bring you down. It can taint you pretty darn fast. Uh, we're talking stocks, and one of the big stories of the year for 2018 has certainly been the tariff trade war concepts that have been bantied around and thrown around. And sometimes it just seems like it's a little thing between the United States and China. And we're talking about $10 billion here, $20 billion there. And then the next thing you know, it's $100 billion there, $200 billion. Uh, sometimes you're like, oh, NAFTA needs to be revisited. And then you're like, it needs to be blown up. Okay, which one does it need to be blown up or revisited? Like, all we need is an answer and we can move from there. So, anyhow, one of the things I like about some of this is that sometimes you get a little bit of change. So, I saw earlier that Germany said they're willing to offer to scrap the EU's 10% tax on all U.S. autos. So maybe there will be better trade and easier trade and smoother trade through some of the deals that get renegotiated, some of the deals that get blown up, and maybe some of them will be disastrous. Sometimes change is the worst thing in the world. As uh, reading an analyst who was talking about divorce, and sometimes we're now starting to teach people that divorce can be seen as a victory, as a good thing, because you've realized that you've grown as much as you can grow with this person. And it's now time to grow grow somewhere else. And, okay, I'm like, okay, I get that. It's a bit of a stretch, but I get it. So sometimes you have to view things as, as maybe, maybe this is a, a fresher set of eyes or something along those lines. So the European Commission let out a report that basically said the EU will slap a 25% charge on the $3.2 billion worth of U.S. goods as retaliation for levies implemented on European steel and aluminum products. And the car companies are reaching out, not to Trump, but the car companies, BMW, Volkswagen, and Daimler, are saying, you know, we could end this whole car tariff things between the U.S. and the European Union. So does that happen or does that get, you know, never discussed because we can't get down to brass tacks, so to speak, with where we're moving the economy and where we're moving on trade and how important it is to look right versus get some compromise versus win. So that's all out there, right? Commerce Chief Wilbur Ross has been kind of a man that we're paying more attention to than we have in the past. In large part because Wilbur Ross is the guy who's champion. He is the man who is telling the president, like, uh, we have to be hardcore about this. So the question is, you know, Commerce Chief Wilbur Ross, you know, how much do we know about you and how much do we follow you? And it's it's been one of those things where we wake up and we, we pay very close attention to him as much as we do to Trump. Trump's going to say rhetoric, but where Wilbur Ross puts himself can create some 
issues that uh, you could create, say, trade war, and maybe it will blow out of uh, proportion. It usually doesn't, but maybe it will this time. AMD and Intel are in the news. Now, AMD and Intel are in the news, which is fascinating for me, because it feels like 1994 or 1999 all over again, right? So when these two guys were the epic tech Silicon Valley giant showdown, who's going to come up with a faster chip? Who's going to sell more? Who's going to have fewer recalls? So anytime I see AMD and Intel in a research report tied together, I'm like, ooh, I want to see that. Because it used to be epic, and now it's just like, yeah, 1.1 billion of these and add 70% margins, boom, carry that down, knock it over. Um, new opportunities, R&D. So it, it's very much so been commoditized cpus have gpus are where the sexy is again and that's invites nvidia into the conversation but a cohen analyst wrote recently that there's a positive read-through for amd and intel on what's coming through from singapore um the may processor component suppliers report increased six percent month over month or about 200 basis points above seasonal norm. So something is percolating with Apple and with uh, Intel and AMD. So um, above seasonal numbers. That, that, that's a good flag, right? We look for flags. Bill Education event coming up, the 10 Pillars of Retirement Income Planning Seminar, Thursday, June 28th, 6.30 to 8.30, Palo Alto Elks Lodge. You can sign up for the event at Rob Black Show. It's Rob Black Show. It's the Palo Alto Elks Lodge. That's just coming up eight days or so, right? Seven or eight days. You can sign up at Rob Black Show at 630 to 830 Palo Alto Elks Lodge. Use the code RADIO25 to learn more about income and retirement. I'm Rob Black. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. FedEx, that's stock, right? And we're just talking stock. FedEx came out with earnings expectations or came out with earnings that were ahead of expectations. I like FedEx for the long-term patient investor. I like UPS for the long-term patient investor until we truly are in a driverless car world and where Amazon will deliver their own packages forevermore. It is competitive between FedEx, UPS, and the various smaller services willing to pick up packages and deliver them. So FedEx comes out, and they had a pretty nice quarter. I never look at one quarter, though, on the story. You know, every 90 days after report earnings, and every 90 days, the stocks move up or down. So right there, there's two things you have to analyze. How did it do in the quarter? How did it do with the reporting of their story in the quarter? Did they do more hiring? Did they see a pickup in business? Did they bring on you know a heavy CapEx project? So I like the story of FedEx enormously. And again, as an investor, you have to decide, let's say you have 100 cookies. Where are you going to put your 100 cookies? 
how many of them do you want to put into transportation or, or how many of them do you want to put in tech and technology? How many of them do you want to put into semiconductors or hardware companies or software companies or semiconductor equipment companies? Do you consider Facebook to be a tech company or do you consider Facebook to be a media company? And so how many of your 100 cookies do you put into media stocks? So transports should have a play. I mean, in theory, it's not going to be the sexiest segment in your portfolio forever and ever. But like I said, uh, do I think FedEx is going to be around the day I die? I do. So do I think it's going to be a smooth shot every day forevermore? No. Do I think UPS does some things better than FedEx? Yes. And I think that all should be part of your analysis when looking at companies. I can say one again thing. I expect more and more packages to be shipped year over year in FedEx and UPS for better, for worse, or right at the heart of that. So I want to keep talking about 21st Century Fox and Disney and an improved deal, because this is big in the world of stock. Mergers and acquisitions, it allows you to take a look at a, mer- a media company. And now this could be two big, very big media companies like Disney and 21st Century Fox or Comcast. And, and certainly they have different components, whether it be delivery of assets, um, content and or content creation, content distribution. Uh, but it, it lets you see company A is paying for company B in sales or in margins or in uh, earnings, earnings per share or in earnings per employee or in long-term debt per share. It, it really gives you quite an insight. So Disney has agreed to acquire for a price, you know, above what they were previously willing, and it's getting a little bit complicated um, because it's allowing 21st Century Fox to take cash, cash or stock. So there's a proration period that they're going to be talking about with how they're going to treat their earnings per share, and Disney's coming out and saying, "Hey, look at us, we're going to be profitable." off this deal, even though we just raised our deal considerably from where it was originally thrown down. We're not desperate. This is how we're going to make the numbers work. This is how we're going to make the approval get done. Got to hand it to them. They're trying, right? So 800-516-1220 each calls on the air. Don't forget to always have seminars coming up right around the corner. The 10 Pillars of Retirement Income Seminar coming up, for instance, in Palo Alto, Thursday, June 28th. You can learn more about the Elks Lodge Income and Retirement Seminar Thursday, June 28th in the Elks Lodge in Palo Alto. Great location, free parking, easy to get to. Lots of restaurant choices nearby. So we're going to do that Thursday, 6.30 to 8.30, the 28th. You can sign up at Rob Black Show, robblackshow.com, and use the code RADIO25 to get in for free if you've never been to one of these events. That's who they're meant for. That's who's going to get the most out of it. Oracle came out with their earnings. You might remember a couple quarters ago, Oracle CEO, who's made an egregious amount of money. Let's, hold on. I'm going to take a quick sip of uh, coffee. And while I do that, I want you to think about uh, Larry Ellison and egregious amounts of money and like maybe a bad railroad baron villain kind of guy. Coffee hit me right in the kisser. So Oracle 
um, comes out with their quarter. And it's fascinating because Larry Allison, to me, I think he's one of those guys who is, as a CEO, you wonder, why is he paying himself $69 million? And you're like, why did he just get a, a stock grant of a hundred and like, is that shareholder friendly? As long as the stock goes higher, people are like, who cares? It's shareholder friendly, right? Because if he makes money, if I make money, we all make money. It's We're willing to wash away a lot if we're all making money. So Oracle had a very, very nice quarter. Reasonable, if not unspectacular. But they've also got a lot of low expectations. And I would say right now, Salesforce.com and Oracle probably have the biggest battle going in terms of online commerce online sales. Um, Oracle was the king of the database. And they got you installed in the 80s and 90s, and they kept you installed. Because once you were embedded in their hardware, you were embedded. So in Salesforce, started moving everything online, the cloud. And everything that Oracle could do, Salesforce could do on the cloud. And you've seen Salesforce stock Salesforce.com, you've seen their stock go through the roof in the last 10 years compared to Oracle. Now, Oracle's got them in the last 20 years, but again, it's a shifting of, a, of the guard, and it's, it's, it, it, it gives you some respect for Microsoft, because as much as Salesforce.com is, is viewed as taking big dollars and big contracts from Oracle and getting people to the cloud... Um, the same can't be said for Salesforce versus Microsoft. Microsoft's held their own in the migration to the cloud operations and software. Just say the idea of the migration to the cloud. I've been talking to some video game experts who are talking about the next generation of platforms. And the next generation of platforms is going to be your download speed with your cable company. And you will now be... Instead of you being responsible for the hardware upgrades, someone else will. So you'll always have cutting edge, bleeding edge. Um, but the internet connection is going to become the hardware. It's simple to understand, right? That's not too too difficult to wrap our heads around. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I have noticed that a lot of people are starting to get into trading stocks. And I think that's a good thing. I think... As long as you're trading stocks and you have an idea in your head that you've got some rules and that as you win or lose, that you're going to refine your rules and that you're not just random about it. I'm okay with people trying to trade stocks. I know that's when it starts to feel truly like a casino and that's when it's probably most like a casino when people are being speculative. So I like non-speculative trades versus speculative trades. So I could write this all kind of down. I would say ExxonMobil is a kind of company that's non-speculative trade. It's a big energy company. But I could also say there's some nano-cap companies that are tied towards gas stocks. That would be known as speculative trades. They're nano-companies. Now, obviously, nano-companies and smaller ones uh, if they've got as much oil or if they have as much gas as could be down there in their discovery, they could be huge home runs. ExxonMobil, we kind of know. ExxonMobil is all about world car gasoline, miles per gallon, world car growth, 
peer to peer. But when you're talking about other issues, like in the world of energy, you're be it, you know, discovery of a extra well down there or two uh, could be pretty lucrative. So just know if you're going to try to invest in stocks or trade in stocks, you have to have some rules. Um, you can't just say, I'm going to say, I want to own this short term and then go, well, it went down 20%, so I'm going to own it long term. I would say, honor that, you know. If you start changing the rules, you'll never succeed. You have to learn to play by the rules. I like taking a look at a chart on occasion. doesn't hurt. If I'm thinking, like, hey, I want to buy this for the next 20, 30 years. I want to be able to give it to my kids. I want to be able to pay for college education, whatever, right? I'll take a look at the last 20 or 30 years of the stock. Now, that can break like a GE. GE used to be Mr. Reliable. But it gives you a better perspective of what you're getting yourself into, as you can see what the companies have thought through in the past, whether it be higher inflation or good presidents or bad presidents or or tough trade wars or no trade wars. Big seminar coming up, 10 Pillars of Retirement Income and Planning Seminar, June 28th. That's June 28th. That's right around the corner, 630 to 830 Palo Alto Elks Lodge. You can sign up at Rob Black Show, Rob Black Show. It's $25, but you can use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Again, big event, 10 Pillars of Retirement Income Planning in Palo Alto, June 28th. Go to robblackshow.com for more. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Yeah, every now and then I like to do what I like to call as stock talk, where I just kind of ramble on about the stocks in the news and, you know, why are they and what's the point? Like Domino's Pizza. I saw two headlines today. Domino's Pizza stock hits all-time high. Netflix stock hits all-time high. And I'm thinking, what the hell is America doing other than getting diabetes because we're sitting on the couch eating pizza and watching Netflix? Unless there's going to be some sort of stand-up exercise couch that becomes some sort of fad. Uh, but Domino's Pizza is here to stay. It's a stock you should take a look at. You can say it's the worst pizza ever. My, da- my granddaddy was a uh, third generation diet. He used to pepper pepperoni. His name was Papa Pepperoni. Papa Pepperoni was like a pizza pie. Like You can say whatever you want about Domino's. But when you can get a large two-topping pizza for seven ninety-nine, America goes hell yeah. I don't know. I'm gonna you know pay my rent or mortgage at the end of the month, uh, which I you know have my kids eat you know good food. No, you start going for empty calories. You start going for carbs, and you know you get into well, why not invest in Yum Brands? Well, maybe you should. Maybe you can come up with you know what you like and don't like about Domino's and what you like and don't like about their competitors. And that's called comparison. And anytime you do some like comparison shopping, you know, what do you go? You you look at the quality, you look at the price tag, you look at the availability, you look at the durability, what you have in your collection, what you need. So a little bit more about Domino's. They have fifty six hundred locations. Accounting for nearly 30% of their U.S. pizza delivery segment, which leads other national chains of Yum Brands and Pizza Hut and Papa John's and the privately held Little Caesars. 
Domino's makes up about 17% of all U.S. pizza orders last year. They posted a compounded annual growth rate of 36% in the past decade. And I think it's, it's poised to return tasty results. Why? Because they're Domino's Pizza? No. I think they've got a good, large, international business plan. And I think they've got a savvy use of technology where you can pay for your pizza online, on an app. You don't have to pick up the phone. They got into this long before everyone else. They've done a pretty nice job about it. So... It's kind of odd to think that as a stock talker, you could talk about how Domino's has had to transition from the phone to the digital channels. The store and franchisees, you know, save about a dollar in allocated labor costs right off that. So you can see how cutting out the what used to be called the phone girl in the hashtag before me too world. I don't know. Can you, can you call them phone people? Um, but in the restaurant industry typically had the fairer sex as the front facing part of the business. And, uh, anyway, you can get the idea that Domino's is, um, not getting out of business anytime soon. And they're pretty well positioned with video games and they're pretty well positioned using artificial intelligence inside of video games and such like that. So you can order pizza, uh, cause what doesn't go better than, you know, uh, five hours of Call of Duty or five hours of new Madden. Five hours. Who does five hours? We're talking about 36 straight. Woo-hoo! Um, so I have a little bit of a weak voice this week, but bear with me. It's it's seasonal and it's allergy. So, But I work through it. You work through it. So can you imagine Domino's? How much they, they've got 7% of the global pizza sales. 17% of the U.S., 7% of the global. I don't know. I used to look at, you know, some food is like, that's that's not even food. You can't call that a restaurant, you know, right? Um, when you hear McDonald's being called a restaurant, you go, yeah, it's not a restaurant because you're not, you're not actually, there's no skillets. It has to have at least a skillet kind of thing. I don't know. What's the, what is the, okay, it doesn't matter, right? Anyway, we're talking stock. We're talking about investing. Netflix at an all-time high. Domino's at an all-time high. Um, if those aren't two staples of people's daily lives uh, or weekly, when was the last time you went a week without a slice of pizza? I, I, I feel like that's unhealthy for me to answer because too long is the answer. Gosh, pizza is such an easy thing to cheat with, isn't it? So anyway, that's why you invest in it. It was one of the big, like I said, um, headlines that I saw just because it was side by side. Oh, and right next to that was there was a headline called Mattel. Are the shares played out? And the answer is hell yes. Yes. Um, yes, Matchbox cars are, are cute. But uh, every kid that I know now knows how to flaw, do the floss because of video games and, and the iPad and the iPhone and uh, mom and dad putting the kids in front of that versus saying go to your room and play with your Barbies. Go to your room and play with your matchbox cars. So Mattel shares played out for sure. Standard N.A. next to pizza, Domino's. It's not played out, I don't think. Because like I said, when was the last time you went? A week? A month? How long has it been since a slice of pizza? And when you own 7% of the market share in the world, 17% in the United States, uh, not too shabby.
So, and I, I know, I know, I know. The best part about this is how many people you piss off when you talk about pizza. People are very, very passionate about pizza. Very, very passionate. And I live in a city that there is no shortage of, of pizza restaurants. No, no shortage. Like, you're like, oh, is it going to be... Oh, it's a pizza restaurant when you're gambling on what's coming in and what's not. Anyway, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Don't forget the 10 Pillars of Retirement Income Planning Seminar coming up, not this Thursday, but the following Thursday, June 28th, 630 to 830, Palo Alto Elks Lodge. Would love to see you there. Palo Alto Elks Lodge, 10 Pillars of Retirement Income Planning you can sign up at Rob Black Show. It's Rob Black Show. Use the code Radio Twenty Five to get in for free. Rob Black Show Radio Code Twenty Radio Twenty Five. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.